things get a little bit grim. But this is especially heinous. Did you tell the police that she was murdered, May? Nope. Witchy ghost stuff. Ah! Don't make me scared. A spooky girl amateur hour. It's a good week. Was it good? Um, this has been the hardest move of my entire life. I have, I, you don't ever complain about moving. I don't ever have like bad things happen to you when you move. You're just like, pack it up, bloop, 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 on to the next. Easy peasy. And you know what? I'm a good mover. You are. You're always very organized. It's always like, oh yeah, I'm just going to move on Saturday. Yep. And then I never hear about it. No. I just just go to the new place. Yeah. And everything is unpacked and settled. Yeah. This move is not going like that. So I have spent um, my first week of official unemployment packing my house like a crazy person and labeling boxes. And then, you know, just like the kitchen renovation, just like hit like a snafu or four. Uh Uh-oh. And um, so I moved into a construction zone, (gasps) which is fine. Uh Uh-huh. We're making we're making do. It's fine. Okay. Is there anything that you don't have? Like, we have electricity, we have water, we have an appliance. We have water as of yesterday in the kitchen. Okay. Um, There's a fridge going in, like, as we speak right now. Um, And, you know, there's, like, my kitchen floor is not grouted yet. My backsplash got grouted yesterday. Okay. Um, You know, and then then there's grout and drywall dust because we ripped out walls and... And Ian did this all himself. So, like, the fact that he did an entire kitchen reno, knew we went to Vermont and picked up the countertops, and it, it has, he has just, like, absolutely killed it. It was a tall order for one singular, mingular man. Yes. <laughs> to do an entire kitchen reno in, like, six days. Yeah. But he's doing it. Getting it done. Getting it, he's just getting it done. So, it, whatever. Yes. First world problems. Ugh, I have a brand new kitchen. It's dirty. Like, whatever. Got it. It's, yes. So that is, it's just been a rough move. It's fine. It'll be fine. We're getting there. Everything's going to be all right. Everything, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm a homeowner. I have my own house. Yeah. We didn't have AC for quite a while. Really? <laughs> yes. We couldn't figure it out. So in a fit of rage. He had ripped the thermostat <gasps> off the wall to because it wasn't working. Uh, so we go to the store. Okay. And we're Ian's like, oh, let's get like the new nice thermostat and like the nest one. And like, did it hook it up to the Bluetooth? And he's like, you can be like thermostat on. And I'm like, wow. So we went and we got it. Uh-huh. Taylor, we don't have internet for another three days. Oh, <laughs> so we had to go back to the store, buy another thermostat. We get it hooked up. It will not kick on. We're flipping breakers. We're like, okay, we flipped a breaker. We're uh-huh. messing with this. Okay, we need a, we need this. We need that. We need a whatever. Um, so a week, it has been ninety degrees. Yeah, today's the first nice day, and it's like seventy two. Yeah, yeah, first nice day. Um, it was a fuse. Well, a fuse was blown. Okay, in the AC. So we run to Walmart. It is eleven. Walmart is closing at midnight. At midnight. And we get a new fuse. We come back. It kind of worked. Then we had to go back and get a new AC fill. It was just a whole. Whole thing. It's a whole thing. And you know what? It's going to be 40 degrees and we're going to have to kick the furnace on tonight. And I guarantee you it won't work. 
Oh my heavens. It's everything that could go sideways has gone sideways, but it's been just like, you know, a real test of like fortitude Uh and willpower and everything is great. Great. How's your week? Oh, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. My week was rough. Yeah. I had a rough week in the span of a week. I decided, Ryan and I decided to uh, foster kittens. I, Ryan came home with tears in his eyes, like the squishmallow that he is, <laughs> saying that so many kittens at our shelter needed fostered mm-hmm. and <laughs> that we just couldn't let all of these kittens sit at the shelter. And I was like, do you want to foster kittens? And he said yes. So I immediately got the ball rolling, put our application in, got approved for a... Uh, a batch of kittens <laughs> <laughs> that night the next day we got five baby kittens and a mama they were between five and six weeks old which is so cute precious and i grew up on a farm so i have dealt with kittens that young before mm-hmm. but you don't realize like when you adopt kittens out of the shelter they're 12 weeks old normally yeah and so they're kind of long and lanky they're still kittens but like this fur ball stage is pudgy just belly uh amazing so then one of my other cats just decided that he was big upset about it and stopped eating and he went on a hunger strike he did he tried to die about it he was so upset and we couldn't figure it out he's our most chill cat his name is happy he's the one tooth wonder he's the one tooth wonder he's so perfect all the time so we took him to the vet twice. He had to get an ultrasound. Jenny came through like a fucking champ for me and like <laughs> ran to the vet to get him one day because I was in Cleveland. <laughs> and uh, it was literally just that he was mad about the kittens. So I had a whole ass mental breakdown, had to take the kittens back, sobbed uncontrollably for 24 hours about this fact. Also thinking my cat's going to die because mm-hmm. cats, fun fact, can only survive three days without food. Really? Yes. Oh, did not know that. Yeah. Three days. We were on like we were pushing hour seventy <laughs> of seventy two of seventy two, and I Ryan was like getting ready for work, and I was just sitting in our bed like with Happy in my lap, bawling, and I was like, "What if he dies while I'm asleep?" Oh, <laughs> it no. was so it it's was not so much. funny. It's terrible. Uh, the heartache was so real. It was so real. And then I woke up on Saturday morning, and my stepmom calls me, which is very out of the blue and not normal. And I immediately went, uh-oh. <laughs> and I found out my grandma died. So I have funeral week this week, mm. which... We just had a funeral week. We just had one. But big shout out to my company who gives me five days bereavement, no questions asked. So Period. I'm off all week, which is so great. I am hosting my family, some of my family at my house um, this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, yeah, it was just a, it was a week. It was, it was certainly a week. It was a week. This week will be a week. <laughs> and listen, let me just tell you this. I'm not trying to blame this on the planets or anything. There are way too many of them are in retrograde. Oh, my God. Saturn is in retrograde. Jupiter is in retrograde. Pluto. Mer- Pluto is in retrograde. Mercury is in retrograde. And just to make things, like, more fun for those of us who carry a lot of feminine energy, Venus is in Cancer. So that's going to be, like, a little emotionally chaotic all over the place. Yeah. It's been wild. So we hope you had good weeks. Yeah. On our behalf. 
Welcome to Friday. Welcome to the weekend. You, you did it. You made it. Big high five from us for getting this far. You deserve <laughs> everything that the world has to offer and more. <laughs> you were a shining star in a night sky and we yes. love you so much and we're very proud of you. Absolutely. So that was uh, 10 minutes of me and Jenny truly just first world white women probs. First world. Well, mine are. Yours are real genuine heartache. <sighs> I mean, yes, my grandma dying is very, very sad. And I will admit fully wholeheartedly that me crying to the level that I did about kittens was over the top. Well, <laughs> I could not hold myself together. You've had happy for so long. I know. And like, you loved the kittens so much. And to think that like, you don't want ha- like the thought of like, possibly, mm-hmm. we were all thinking it. Oh, yeah. We were all thinking it was the end of days. Yeah. Oh, God. I was happy. like, this is not good. We thought happy might be hitting the sheets with Jesus. Yeah. The litter box in the sky. Oh, gosh. That rainbow bridge. <laughs> that heckin' rainbow bridge. Yeah. So <sighs> we hope that your week was bright and shiny and pretty and lovely and warm and fuzzy. And we're wishing you that for the weekend. Yes. Beautiful weather. It's the end of June. We've got some summer stuff. Go kayaking. This sounds like something that my cult leader would actually really much enjoy. <laughs> me? I'm just kidding. What? It's bold. I said me. Oh. It's bold to think that if we were in a cult, I would be the, I'm the henchman to your brilliance. <laughs> you are delegating the tasks to me. Okay. And I'm scurrying around and spreading it amongst the troops. Got it. The right, the right hand man. The right hand man. Yes. The henchman. Got it. So that's what our cult structure would be like. But I imagine that you have a cult with a different structure to tell me about. A little bit. I'm really excited. This is one that I heard of from the Zealot podcast probably a year ago. That is such a stinking good podcast. They're done. <gasps> She's quitting. She is? Yeah. She just put posted the announcement, I think, over. During this week from hell, uh, I also got news that Zealot was done. So that is really sad. sad. Um, such a good podcast. But this is where I originally heard this, heard about it from. Um, first of all, I just want to give a trigger warning. I don't love trigger warnings for our podcast just because it's called a little bit grim and you're like in for the gruesome details. Mm-hmm. But this one's pretty heavy for discussion of suicide. We got another Ant Hill kids. No. Okay. So I even put Icky Level 4. Okay. Not as horrific as Roche Terrio as far as violence goes, but it's just dark. It's okay. got a lot of mental health issues and there is a lot of discussion on suicide. So okay. I just want to put that out there. If you don't want to hear about that, please skip on to Jenny's podcast or Jenny's story. It's a very fascinating call though. Okay. So. Uh, Teal Swans, about me, on her website says, Teal Swan, international speaker and best-selling author, is a survivor of severe childhood abuse. Today, having integrated her own harrowing life experience, she inspires millions of people around the world towards truth, authenticity, freedom, and joy. OM. Teal has 834,000 subscribers on YouTube, 1.2 million followers on Facebook, 347,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. And nearly 25,000 followers on Twitter. I want to have 25,000 followers on Twitter. Big same. She is verified on both Instagram Instagram and YouTube. Her YouTube videos have been viewed more than 55 million times. Whoa. 
To say she is an influencer would be an understatement. In fact, her following is more cult-like than anything else. What made Teal Swan a cult topic, you may ask? Well, she got some seriously questionable practices that have to do with holistic healing, philosophy, and mental health. Rick Allen Ross, an expert in cults, even says Teal Swan and her following fit the bill for a destructive cult. Ooh. Things that make her really interesting to people who study cults is that A, she is a woman, and B, she is probably one of the most modern cults we've ever seen. Okay. So just because her whole following is internet-based. And it's really kind of rare for women to be cult leaders. Yeah. So this just makes her really fascinating. Um, You can't report on Teal Swan without first listening to the Gizmodo podcast called The Gateway with Jennings Brown. Jennings does a six-part show on Teal and gets into a deep dive um, into her life and practices. I highly recommend it. For additional info on Teal, he conducts interviews with Teal herself, the people who surround her, people who have been affected by her teachings. Mm. It's a really well-made show. Teal Swan was born June 16th, 1984, which, weird, was the day that I wrote that. Weird. Yeah, I was like, what? Wait, what? And then I got on her Instagram and it was all like, happy birthday, Teal, you've changed my life. (laughs) She was married as Mary (laughs) Teal. I have a lot of opinions on Teal. She is the fucking worst. Did Eli post this in the Facebook group? I didn't see it if you did. I think I watched like a short, I think he posted it or maybe he just sent it to me. Hi, Eli. I love you. Hi. Oh gosh. I don't know. I don't, I didn't see anything. I don't think. Um, but she was married or er, married. Yeah. She was born Mary Teal Bosworth. She was raised in Logan, Utah and lived there until her teen years with her parents and younger brother, Skye. Mm, Utah. That makes sense. Mm. <laughs> Logan's population was largely Mormon, and Teal and her family tended to stick out because they were not Mormon. Got it. She was bullied in school for her religious differences. Teal has told her followers over and over again that she was just different as a child. She could see things that others could not. Entities, auras, and vibrations. She could see sounds and hear colors. Oh, new agey synthesia. Yep. New age 10-year-old. Ugh, yes. Teal was a very depressed child and attempted to take her own life four times as a teen and young adult. Oh, that is so sad. Yeah. In 2012, she posted a YouTube video claiming that between the ages of 6 and 19, she was ritualistically abused by a satanic cult. What? We're going to get way more into that later. Okay. But keep that in the brain for now. Okay. All right. This is kind of a dark sentence. During that time, she was raped, tortured, and sewn into a corpse and forced to watch the murders of immigrant children. Huh? Right. Wait. Scientists have proven that there's no way for a child to be sewn into the body cavity of another human. It's not physically possible. No. But she claims that she was, like, cocooned inside of another human. Like a snowsuit? Yeah. What? Yeah. All right. Make it, make it make sense. Uh, unfortunately, I can't. Okay. <laughs> I would like to say that there that people who claim to have been abused should be believed. I'm not discrediting her allegations. However, later we will talk about some things that could have influenced these claims. Okay. Like research and scientists saying like there's no possible way for a human to be sewn into sewn a, into another human. Like sewn into a skin suit. Right. Like very Ed Geeny. Yes. In 2010, Teal began her spiritual healing practice. She focuses on emotional healing and spiritual growth. 
Teal is tall, thin, with waist-length auburn hair, high cheekbones, and intense blue eyes. Everyone who meets her is stunned by her beauty and calm demeanor. She's charming and charismatic. Aren't they all? Yeah. And I think she's an arrogant asshole, but Ooh. that's just me. Ooh! Oh, she's god-awful. Taylor, are you trying to square up with Teal Swan? I would, I would throw hands Fair with enough. Teal Swan. My first qualm is the name. I know it's not her fault, but she does have the power to change it. Teal? Teal. That's even her middle name. Her name is Mary. Go by Mary. Yeah, her, her name is Mary Teal Bosworth. If her logo is not a blue goose, I'm going <laughs> to write a letter. I believe it is a white swan. That's so dumb. I'm so sorry. <laughs> make it teal. Make it blue. Make it blue. Why would a blue goose? <laughs> uh, people from all over the world have watched Teal's videos or even paid thousands of dollars to visit one of her online or in-person events. Those who follow Teal call themselves the Teal Tribe and say things like, I consider Teal to be the highest and wisest teacher in the world. What she is sharing is brand new knowledge for humanity, essential for healing and ascension at this stage in our evolution. There is nothing on this earth that is brand new. I hate it. <laughs> the malice in your face right now. I, I will, I have a paragraph about this later, but I think she is so dangerous because she is so closely aligned with so many people that I know in my personal life who are trying to find new spirituality and find themselves and you know are are wanting this kind of higher self and all of that and I I would not be surprised at all if somebody sat down and, uh, across from me at dinner and is like oh my god have you ever heard of Teal Swan you have to follow her mm. because her teachings and the things that she says she represents are very spiritual and is she one of those like love and light yes okay um and i just i think that that is part of what makes her dangerous dangerous especially because like that lane of spirituality is like so trendy Mm -hmm. right now yeah um meanwhile those who have left the teal tribe community insist that she is a toxic cult leader with major narcissism issues Mm. In addition to selling merch on our website, hoodies, oh. pants, and tarot cards, she also sells her own artwork. Uh. She makes painting co- paintings called frequency paintings that are supposed to increase the level of vibrations in a space. You can also buy frequency scarves, laptop sleeves, and water bottles, all with different frequencies on them. What? Yes. What kind of frequencies? Like crickets chirping or what? Uh, uh the, it looks like... You looked at a kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. That's what all these paintings look like. They're okay. all like kind of geogra- ge- geometric. What? Ge- Geometric. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> ge- Geology? <laughs> Geographical? I don't know. Um, they're all those uh, shapes that fit together kind of, and they're all slightly different shades. It's... Very weird, but she sells them and you can buy them and you can put them in your space and you can buy them for like abundance. Oh. And it'll raise your ab- abundance vibrations in your space. Okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Teal attracts people who are suffering. She is looking for a clientele that needs her help. She has specifically used SEO or search engine optimization to guide people who are Googling, I am depressed, what do I do, to her YouTube page. This is an excerpt from her website. Without the abuse and suffering I experienced, I would be someone who could give you a lot of SO, 
esoteric information about the universe at large, but who would have no real grasp on the reality of human suffering or how to heal it. I would have had only half of the picture of human existence. The gift of my own suffering is that I now have the full picture and that has drastically changed what I teach in the way that I teach. Teal Swan is not recommended for those who simply want to feel good. She is recommended for those who want the truth, even if the truth hurts. The reality is impartial. This isn't personal. It shows you what is so. Ugh. Yucky. She calls herself a spiritual catalyst. I'm sorry. She calls herself the spiritual catalyst. Oh, the one and only. (laughs) Um, She believes that she is literally the universe inside of a woman's body. What? She can x-ray vision you and see what is wrong with your body parts. No, she cannot. She can read your mind. No, she cannot. Uh-huh. That's what she says. Oh, is it? When she's in an interview with Jennings Brown in this Gizmodo podcast, uh, she's like, oh, he says something like, um, maybe I have an upset stomach or something. And she said, I can take a look if you want. And he was like, uh, Okay. It was she like, yep, indigestion for sure. She was like, did you have wheat for breakfast? And he's like, uh, yeah, do you think I'm gluten intolerant? And she's like, most people are. And she just acted like she had just had, she just showed him this huge epiphany. Like, I'm sorry, 90% of the, like, people have wheat for breakfast. Oh, right. You have been munching on wheat all day. Right. Gosh. Um, she tells him that she can get to the molecular level and read his DNA if he were to ask. I feel like these are very bold claims that are easily debunked. Absolutely. Okay. Um, she believes she's the universe, blah, 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 blah. She can read your mind. She has access to the Akashic Records. Which are a collection of all the universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms, not just human. I have full intention of doing the Akashic Records in a future conspiracy oh, please episode. Do. Please do. It is so wild. It, like, very much ties back to, like, the star seeds and, like, that line of, like, cosmic spirituality. Ooh. It's very interesting. Yeah, I, w- I went to the Wikipedia page just to make sure I was kind of understanding because I'm fairly certain that the Akashic Records are a storyline in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> and I was like, why do I feel like I know what this is? And I have never actually looked at this. So I only read a mi- a- enough of it to get a definition out of it got it so can't wait to hear more uh her detractors have named her the suicide catalyst oh as i mentioned teal has seriously dangerous methods when it comes to her teachings on things like suicide and depression and before we get really into this section of the conversation i would like to say that if you or anyone you know is suffering with suicidal thoughts please call 1-800-273-8255 to talk to a trained crisis worker or you can text HOME to 741741 to talk to a professional via text. Teal's view on suicide is that it is a reset button. There's nothing wrong with suicide. She says that it could feel like a relief. What? That's what she teaches the people that come to her with depression. That is fucking sick. It's horrifying. Horrifying. Oh my god. And she's channeling these people to come to her who are depressed? Yes. So if you were to type into Google right now, I 
am suicidal. What do I do? And then you go to YouTube and two or three days, it will probably show you a teal video. What? Because it, she uses search engine optimization that it would route you to her. <gasps> that she's casting like the whitest net mm-hmm. to get people who are seriously struggling with mm-hmm. their mental health. Yeah. And then telling them it's okay to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is deeply troubling. Dark. During her in-person events, she asks everyone to meditate on imagining how they would die in grisly detail. Okay. And this why, is, why are we romanticizing this? I would love to have the answer to that. Okay. I, it's troubling. The clip it during um, Jennings Brown's interview with her, because he goes to one of her events and, like, films the whole thing. And... Or records the whole thing, I guess. And she says to her following, who are all sitting cross-legged on the floor, let's get suicidal for a moment. (gasps) What? And then chuckles. And then has everybody imagine how they would kill themselves. One step at a time. Okay. I would just like to state that if you, listening to this, are picturing that for yourself, Call the hotline. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please call a a licensed professional who is trained in how to help you with this situation. Teal Swan is not licensed. She is not held accountable. She, no one is watching what she does other than like cult experts, but she doesn't report to anybody. She doesn't report to the government. She doesn't report to any licensed bureau. I mean, she's not breaking the law. Right. She's just preying on people who are hurting. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. So I hate her. I, I girl, same. <laughs> she cannot sit with us. No, she. <laughs> so real research has shown that suicide can be a contagious mindset. So when a trusted leader starts in on this subject, like this type of rhetoric, the likelihood of a person actually taking their own life will increase. Because everyone is talking about it and... You fixate. Right. And I think there's a difference here between normalizing the conversation around depression and suicide versus normalizing suicide. Yes. And that's what she's doing. She's not normalizing the conversation around it. She's normalizing the act. And that makes me see red. That's the exact opposite of where the conversation on mental health needs to go. Exactly. Right now. Or ever. Yeah. I asked our dear bestie friend, therapist, Kevin, about (laughs) Teal. (laughs) Did he charge you? (laughs) Send me a bill. Bill to insurance, bud. Um, And I asked if he had just ever heard of her. I was just wondering if maybe a client had mentioned him Mm -hmm. or mentioned her to him. And he said no, but he has a researcher's soul. So he immediately got to Googling. After reading for a minute, he said that she sounded very dangerous to people who struggle with mental health. As we know, but. Mm. It was nice to hear that from a the professional. Next, the next time he doesn't, because he doesn't listen. So like, not unless Claire's gonna force him into it. Well, she Claire, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> the next time I have an appointment next week, I'm gonna walk in and be like, "So I've been listening to Teal Swan. Oh my god, watch his whole head explode. <laughs> He'll just tell me to shut up. He'll be like, "No, you're not." <laughs> I know what you're up to. You and Taylor and your antics can't can't fool me. <laughs> Oh, all right. Do to do. Uh, 
okay, yep. Yeah. So Kevin said he had never heard of her, but she sounded dangerous. Sadly, two of Teal's followers have ended their own lives shortly after posting on the Teal Tribe Facebook page asking for advice on suicide. What? What do you mean asking for advice on suicide? Like, like I'm- asking for help with their depression or asking for logistical... Uh, From what I gathered, it was like, I'm feeling like I'm going to take my own life today. Can somebody help me? Like out of that like can somebody talk me down and in the facebook group which has been since shut down so the teal Mm -hmm. tribe facebook page is no longer up good good uh but when it was people took screenshots of like all these people just trying to normalize the act not give her like Mm. give these two people the help that they needed like with who to contact yeah to help them not do that right um so a lot of them would just link more teal videos um and some of them would say like you know just kind of commiserate and be like i've been there i feel that what you're feeling is valid and normal um and using that kind of rhetoric which we're so used to hearing now like i don't know how many times a day i see a comment that says you're you're heard i see you you're valid yes and that's just what is so concerning to me that that rhetoric is being it's a blanket it's concerning that it's being used in this way to glorify suicide Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh oh it's so gross wait a minute my stomach is in knots i'm so sorry it's okay okay i'm ready all right leslie wangsgaard was in her early 50s when she first started meeting with teal This was early in Teal's career when she was meeting with people one-on-one. Leslie was clinically depressed and taking antidepressants. She and her husband, John, looked for Teal for spiritual guidance and found a friendship there as well. On a few occasions, Leslie had confided in John and Teal that she was thinking of ending her life. She even posted on the Facebook page uh, and said that she was feeling suicidal. Instead of comments flooding in telling her to call the helpline or direct her to professional help, most said that she was feeling withdrawal and valid. I already said that. Um, she should reflect on this feeling and watch some of Teal's videos. Uh, finally, Teal told her in a one-on-one conversation that she either needed to commit to life or commit to death. <gasps> Holy gods and goddesses. hmm And true research shows that that is... No one is capable of that. Like, that's not the way our brains work. Yeah. No one can fully commit one way or the other Mm -mm. because we know that eventually we will die. Yeah. And even in those moments when people are taking their own life, there's still a hesitation there. There's not a 100% commit one Mm. way or the other until the act is done. So for her to tell tell Leslie, you have to do it one way or the other. You can't waffle in between. Yes, you can. Horrifying. You waffle in between. You, you waffle. waffle as much as you need to. You waffle. You waffle until you get out of that space. Yeah. Until your waffle's on a plate, safe and sound. With extra butter and syrup. Yes. Because you deserve it. You earned that waffle. You did such a good job. Fought tooth and nail for it. Um, did you... On May 20th, 2012, John found Leslie unresponsive in her bed due to an intentional overdose. Leslie's family blames both Teal and John for her death and are baffled that no one reached out to them for help. John is still a father follower of Teal's. 
to this day. Ugh. John. Yeah. There is another unidentified male that pops up in the research that people say committed suicide after having conversations with Teal as well, but I could find zero information on that person. Okay. These events have caused professionals in the mental health industry to criticize her methodology. Teal calls her detractors her haters, and there's no small amount of them. Many com- committed followers left the Teal tribe after Leslie's death, and they have spoken out about Le- Teal's messaging and the toxic ne- nature of her rhetoric. Teal was under fire after Leslie's death, and she decided that she needed a place to go to hide away for a little while. So she purchased land in Costa Rica and built a spiritual center called Philia. The website says... Uh, Philia? Philia. P-H-I-L-I-A. Philia? Like, Philia. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, everything that she does and says is ew. Is ew. Okay. Uh... How did you say it? Philia. Philia. Like. Yeah. That's like, how Jennings pronounced it. It was Philia. I it's, don't know. Um, it's supposed to be like a goddess, right? It's a suffix. It's a Greek suffix, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it's Latin. I think it's Greek. Philia. Okay. Um, it's the same where we get phobia. So you've like. Um, oh, like. Okay. Like. Okay. I know. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yes. I don't think it's. That is where it came from. This is a uh, deity of some kind. Really? Yes. I wish she would not drag the deities down <laughs> with In, her. Into her hellspawn pit. Yes. Uh, so, Aphilia is a sacred space where healing occurs first and foremost through connection. It is our intention here at Aphilia that each person will experience new depths of interpersonal connection, emotional intimacy, and relationship. People can pay about $3,000 to go to Philia for an event and get one-on-one time with Teal. A recent event that was held in March of 2021 Gosh. was called the Curveball Event. Ugh. And I will read you the description. I hope people just sat around and threw baseballs at her. Same. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's so gross. Welcome to the Curveball, Teal Swan's most exclusive, in-depth, and intensive event. The Curveball experience is a deep dive. If you are interested in a week of calm, relaxation, and positivity, this is not the right event for you. Oh. This event is the exact opposite of a bystander experience or a relaxation event. The Curveball is an experience where Teal Swan does what she does best. She takes you on a deep dive into your shadow and potentially your light. She shows you the truth of yourself and the truth about your life, truth which you may have, not, you may have been hiding from yourself. Everybody take a deep cleansing breath. <laughs> She's, like, living so precariously between, like, therapy, uh-huh. like, CBT, yep. and spirituality. Yep. And I feel, oh, ew, it's so... Okay, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I'm no. just grossed out. Please do. The website mentions shadow work being done at Philia. Shadow work is a common phrase in non-Christian religions and spiritualities. The idea is that in shadow work, you work on uncovering hidden things about yourself and then apply techniques to attempt to heal those parts of you. I mean, okay, shadow work. Yes. So it's one of those things where she has just like cherry picked terminology and, and kind of it. some ideas of other kinds of spirituality and placed it and twisted it and distorted it. And made it hers. Shadow work should not be encouraging any kind of pervasive suicidal thoughts that you are having. Right. That is not what shadow work is for. 
you are not going to get into shadow work and then be like, ah, yes, the only way out. In Teal's world, shadow work also include includes repressed memory work. Mm. She has taken some aspects of therapy, some aspects from repressed memory work, and merged them together to create her completion process. Ew. The completion process is a comprehensive approach to healing core traumas that recur as emotional triggers that prevent us from living empowered lives free of fear. The completion process is an 18-step visualization that walks you through an emotional trigger following the emotion to the earliest memory, then resolving the child's needs through both mental and visualization, sorry, I can't say that word, <laughs> of resolution and providing awareness through the adult perspective of the events that occurred. Okay. So it has um, a vague undertone of that, like, rapid eye. Movement? De- yeah, yeah. Desensitization or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That has been proven to work, though. <laughs> yes, that has been. Which is wild. Yeah, yeah, that is super wild. That One of my very first therapists suggested that I do that. We didn't actually get into it, but he told me that he, he thought it might help me. I'm going to talk to Kevin. I, think, I just think it'd be cool to do. Cool to try. Yeah. Yeah. Our minds are incredibly influenceable. Memory is not something like a videotape that we can play back and see exactly how something happened. As we learn and grow and get older, those experiences can alter memories, and we may remember things we didn't before. An example of the completion process could go something like this, and this is just 100% an example of kind of why that this is problematic. If I were going to go through the completion process, it could sound something like, I'm afraid of the dark. The dark triggers me. I get very afraid, sweaty, gross, anxious. No thank you to the dark. A completion process practitioner would ask me to go back to the very first time that I felt that way. And I would say something like, I was six and my sister locked me in a closet. While I was in the closet, I felt alone and scared and that I would die there and no one would be able to find me. I might worry about my parents and what they do if I died. And the practitioner would then have me live in that moment and comfort my childhood self through this event. All in all, doesn't seem too dangerous. However, during that state of focus on a childhood event and that intense concentration on a memory, our mind becomes more influenceable. Oh. And an offhand comment can change your memory. What? So they could say, was anyone in the closet with you? Suggestible. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you sure it was your sister who put you in the closet? And your mind starts questioning and starts creating a new narrative. (gasps) Oh. Ew. (laughs) For what? For, For why is she feeling so compelled to do this? She's nuts. She's fucking nuts she that's the only she's bonkers that's our answer that's the only answer that i have to give you oh my gosh because we're not 100 percent sure how she makes money it's not like nexium where she is a bill, pyramid scheme yeah where she gets a kickback for every person that joins she sells her merch she has books uh she does do these events where you can go to like a completion process event and you have to pay to go how much are tickets a lot okay uh, but they're very small. Like, it's not hundreds of people going at one oh. time. It's like 10. Oh. Um, everything is meant to be really intimate. 
So you get that personal connection. And so, yes, she's making money, but it's not like she's making. What is she driving like a fucking Benz around or is she like rich or what? Um, I mean, she's got money. I mean, she would have to be to spend her entire life doing Doing this. this. Right. And don't forget, she's verified on Instagram. She's verified on YouTube. (sighs) So does she have like sponsored posts or anything? All of the ad revenue is coming in. Yeah. Ew. I would be, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. My degree is not in marketing, but like, I would be careful of my brand being associated with such a controversial figure. Absolutely. Um, and brands have like pulled away from her, especially after, uh, Leslie Wang's guard. Okay. Um, but you can become a completion practitioner yourself for only $2,600. Wow. You go through a training with Teal not a professional licensed therapist again and (laughs) once she deems you ready you'll be put on the website as an available practitioner the cost of a session with one of these practitioners is about a hundred dollars that's so affordable right i mean you pay more or you pay less than that for therapy yes more than that for therapy more than that for therapy um there are many people who have gone through the completion process and come out the other side with new memories of being abused sexually mentally or physically by their family members in fact, this is what happened to Leslie Wangsgard. Teal had also recently told her that she would not be able to reach a new level of spirituality because the depression medication was holding her back. No. Yep. Don't take medical advice from a not medical professional. So many red flags <laughs> all over. <laughs> uh, Leslie had stopped taking her antidepressants because she wanted to reach this new level of spirituality. Combining a depressed human with new chemical imbalance from going cold turkey on antidepressant medication and the idea that she was abused as a child, which she is just now grappling with for the first time in her life. Is it true or was that memory suggested to her by Teal? You'll get there. I, I will get around it. Okay. I, we don't know. Okay. We don't know if that was true. Her family denies it, um, of course. Most families do. Right. Um, but it has a lot to do with who trained Teal in memory work. Okay. And we'll touch on her in a minute, but she is a true crime episode on her own. Okay. Um, so all of this combined could definitely would have been entirely too much for a person to handle. And the icing on top of the Leslie cake is that when Teal looked at her, she told her that she had never seen a soul want out of a body so bad in her life. Oh. <gasps> What? She said, I look at you and I see that your soul wants to escape. I've never seen this in a living person. Oh my God. She's garbage. I can't imagine somebody being, because like when you are that depressed and contemplating suicide, even the tiniest crumb of acceptance or encouragement. That's all you need. That's is the final, final straw mm-hmm. for some people. And to be like. Sorry, I just swallowed so loud in the mic. Hope they didn't hear that. <laughs> Did you like a. <laughs> I said like a gulp. <laughs> I just think that it's so dangerous. Yeah, she is dangerous. Oh my god. That is it for this being a cult that has not been like completely blown up in the media yet, like Nexium. Yeah. 
I, it's going to happen. Well, it took Nexium like 15 years. Right. It just craziness. Oh my God. When Teal herself was in therapy in her early 20s, she was seeing a woman named Barbara Snow. Good old Barb could probably be her tr- own true crime episode, but I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version and I might get full into Barb at a later date. Okay. Snow worked with repressed memories and she is known for being a big part of the widespread satanic panic. <gasps> What? During her sessions with children, she started reporting that more and more of them were abused and taken by adults into satanic rituals. <gasps> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, many moons ago. Uh-huh. I. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, I'm having a reckoning. <laughs> it's all coming back to you now. It's all coming back to me. Okay, never mind. Proceed. Okay. Uh, so she didn't record or write down any of these, uh, sessions she had with these children. She would just pop out of the room and be like, another one was abused. (laughs) I love when people are good at their jobs. We love it. So she didn't record or write down any of these sessions. Snow is the one that helped Teal recover the memory of being in a cult where she was as a child. Oh, God. Barbara Snow is still a practicing therapist to this day, <gasps> although she was put on probation in the mid-2000s for her involvement in implanting fake memories in children. What? They believe these memories are fake because an insider talked to Barbara and made up some fact about satanic cults. Poof. That specific fact started showing up in, in, the, her... in her reports. And the children were like, I was in the satanic cult. And they rubbed coconut oil on my feet like whatever the random fact was yeah that's what these children started (sighs) saying oh my god it's like when you tell all of your friends like a different secret and then one gets back to you so you know which friend blabbed yep oh my god is everybody that manipulative or just us (laughs) (laughs) we're just smarter than everybody else i don't know about that (laughs) so Knowing what we know, that Barb Snow had all of these issues, and she's the one that taught Teal about this cult, and then now Teal is using this same methodology on all of her clients. And perpetuating this issue. I have to believe that the likelihood of all of these people being sexually abused by their parents is is low, which is horrifying because when you start saying that, you know, say somebody comes out and says, I was in a cult. I was sewn into a human. I watched immigrant children die. Um, I had to walk on hot coals and I prayed to the devil and I was sexually abused by my brother. If that child was sexually abused, but they have it wrapped up with all of this other stuff, the entire story becomes unbelievable. Yeah. And so it is discrediting part of that narrative. It's so harmful. Ah! Now, Teal gives us her perceived experience within the cult to reach a broader audience. People flock to her because she can, if she can survive something so horrific, surely they can survive whatever it is they're going through. Again, I believe that Teal is dangerous. I kind of moved this paragraph up to the top, just <laughs> talking about how I think that the pe- there are people in my life who I would not be surprised if they were like, I follow Teal. Like, I love her. Yeah. Um, because she comes across... Like, not only as, like, this, like, whimsical, like, creature, she's also 
comes across like she has that um what is it called um perceived flaws or um something like that where like you slide into camera and you like blow the hair out of your face yes um to make people like you more yeah she has that she's very personable personable she talks like anybody she's like this is fucking stupid okay she's very approachable it's like she removed all of those like borders mm-hmm. that people when generally when they're a professional yeah have those yeah it makes her easy to connect with yep relatable yeah she's super relatable she makes herself look that way <gasps> the call expert I mentioned at the beginning, Rick Ross, listened to a few of Teal's YouTube videos, and he said that while her voice is soothing, it's actually really boring. However, that itself can be dangerous. If you're listening to her videos while doing other things or sleeping, like many of her followers do. Yep. The sub-messaging. The sub-messaging. Your brain is still taking that information, and you become very susceptible to suggestion. It's like hypnotizing. Teal is perfectly aware that people think that she is a cult leader. Doesn't care. Nope. Not pressed. I'll leave you with a quote from Teal Swan's interview with Jennings Brown. Oh, God. (sighs) What do I say to people saying I run a cult? Here's the thing. A lot of people are going to demonize me because of my honesty. I have the perfect recipe for a cult, and I fucking know it. I have a demographic of people who are miserably isolated and who who need belonging desperately. That's what makes me safe. These people are desperate. They need my approval. They'll do whatever the hell I say. The only reason that that is not steered that way, because of my ethics. I've lived in a cult. Ma'am, lower your voice. And that is Teal Swan. I, she's awful. She's really bad. (laughs) That last bit made my eyes water. Ugh. I don't you know, know people can hear you, right? Oh my, I don't know how many times like, I was doing this research and I just wanted to like send you videos and be like, watch this. <laughs> watch this shit. <laughs> she fucking crazy. I am so, I've never been more sure of anything in my entire life that we will have an update. Absolutely. On that. Someday. Holy balls yeah my sources were the gateway podcast vice a refinery 29 article and the cult educational institute website which is very good is it oh yeah it's like a list of all the active cults Ooh. and rick allen ross runs it and rick ross was in a cult he was in i think the unification church rick ross rick ross too many first names (laughs) Thank you for indulging me in my extremely long story. I am so sorry. Wow. That was fascinating. It wasn't even like the pages weren't that long. Like it, I have definitely had like longer, but I am passionate about how much I hate her. <laughs> There's She's malice. The fucking worst. In your soul right now. I and, can see it in your aura. <laughs> and as a person who is like, I am into auras, I'm into tarot. Like I'm, I would love for my vibrations to be raised. It's so easy to slip right <gasps> into that. One slippery slope down. One, one wrong step. Down, and you are in super cult territory. And I feel like especially, and I am the worst at this, but dark humor, which is very much our thing. Yeah, absolutely. But I, and I think as a collective, 
people have gotten very gotten 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 very comfortable with making like self depreciating. Jo- I said something. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone with Ian earlier today, and I was trying to get paint off of my hardwood floors, uh-huh. and I was like, "I'm gonna blow my brains out." And Ian was like, "Are you? Are you really?" Er- he's like trying to he's trying to keep my language in check, but it's like things when you say like that yeah. that like the more you say it the more you get acclimated to, I don't know. Yeah. It's just so ick. Yeah, that's why I was like, it is icky level four. Like, it's pretty gross. Solid icky. It's not violent necessarily. Like It's almost... It's so war- manipulative. Yes. It's like emotional warfare. Right. Oh, I hate it. Which is very interesting to me that she is a female cult leader. Yeah. And she has weaponized her ability to manipulate people it's not a very great long-term business plan if you're encouraging your fault and this is how i felt about all of the suicide cults like yeah this doesn't seem like well sustainable thought it's not (laughs) this isn't sustainable this is not sustainable it's not scalable (laughs) you can't you can't scale we need to take this back to the think tank noodle on it noodle on it so i'm so sorry Oh, I wish I could. Oh, I wish I could do that. My whole being 30 and just like walking makes me sound like I'm carrying a cardboard box full of checkers. There's just a lot of clattering Uh and clanking. I'm sitting here with an ice pack on my knee. Yeah. What is the reason? What'd you do? What is the reason? I'm old. Oh, that's the reason. (laughs) There was no injury. The reason is that I probably sat Indian style yesterday. In crisscross applesauce. That's probably what I did. And oh, if I just move my hip like that, like it'll. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, it just popped right out. If you like true crime, dark history, the haunted, and paranormal, then we think you'll like Ghost Town. Ghost Town is hosted by me, Rebecca Lieb. And me, Jason Horton. We cover both notorious and obscure true crimes. The haunted, paranormal, and unexplained. And the dark history of everything from world events to pop culture. We have new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. If you like Ghost Town, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. And at ghosttownpod.com. You know, Jenny, I think it's past time for us to have another horror movie night. Girl agreed. I will grab the White Claw. You grab the cats in a movie. Uh, Perfect. I have to show you the movie night outfit I just got. Why do you have a movie night outfit, Taylor? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Because I just discovered Wicked Cat Clothing. And let me tell you, Stephanie, the designer, is definitely one of our people. She's got a degree in design, a love for all things Halloween, horror, paranormal, and cats. Her clothing and accessory designs are dark and spooky, but with a little bit of spice. Definitely right up our alley. I'm in love with the Not All Witches Live in Salem t-shirt. I thought you would like that one. I am going to rock my Bloody Mary hoodie dress during movie night. I can't wait for you to see it. Oh my gosh. Even better news. Our listeners get 30% off any order at wickedcatclothing.com. Just use our code GRIM30 at checkout. We are so excited for this collab. So go support another small business. That's Grim30 at checkout for 30% off of your order. It's funny that you say 
Indian style instead of crisscross applesauce because that is very on brand is with it? my cult, which is loose. <laughs> Lucy goosey we a loose definition a loose definition i am pulling a fast one on you today are we yeah so let me ruminate for a moment if you will uh-huh, uh-huh. i me five weeks ago i hate her oh oh no is well, this a jenny five weeks ago story this is a jenny five Five weeks ago, dreamed up, dreamed a dream uh-huh. of doing a Wild West themed cycle. Oh, Jesus and Christ, Jennifer. Taylor, it's so. You put yourself in this box. I know. And I can't understand why. I, well, but I made it through. My whole thing was like, well, I made it through four episodes. We got to keep going. Yeah, we got to keep. We have. We need more. Just let your own self down at this point. On God. It. <sighs> Are you doing a Wild West disaster? That's got to be easier. You would think. I don't know. The way that this went for me, okay. It's going to be a very up in the air. All right, all right. Um I am this is old. It is Wild West. It is old ass 300 years ago California. Ooh. Okay. Old cult. Old cult. Um and I am going to apologize in advance because I do not speak any of the languages that any of these Native American tribes speak. Sir. So. <clears throat> very fair including the name of the cult i feel like jenny and i just you're very good about english based or i don't know what, what is the word germanic germanic based names and i deeply struggle with <laughs> anything that is not broadly european broadly just honestly just american english <laughs> I could I could probably whip out a real good southern accent on most things that I talk about. <laughs> However, sometimes it's almost like a different language. It truly is. <laughs> <sighs> but you do way better than you give yourself credit for. Oh, that is really kind of you. Well, <laughs> I've been talking about this cult, you know, I've been calling it the chimichurri cult. But <laughs> it is actually called the Chinnick Chinich cult. Okay. The Chinnick Chinich cult seems like more of a religious sect than a true cult, but it counts as a notable pre-Anglo example of cultish behavior in Southern California. The sect became popular when um, the native um, languages and there were so many uh, like Christian influences coming into the area after traveling to them like missionaries. Okay. So those uh, cultures kind of started to, like, intermingle okay. a little bit. Um, in fact, it post-dates, like, this snow globe of what this situation is predates the first Christian missions of the late 1700s, according to the natural world of the California Native American members. Um and those part of this religious sect were initiated via hallucinogenic Jimson weed. Oh. Do you remember us talking about Jimson weed? Very vaguely. It is what witches would rub on the broom handle before they oh. did a one-two shoveroo. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, sand painting and eagle sacrifice were also an important part of the practice. Fascinating. So... In the years of Spanish dominion over Alta California, 125 Franciscans served in the missions. The most missionaries learned at least the rudiments of the native languages, and some became fluent in several at once, the little smarty pants, 
only one missionary became really curious about the Native Americans' religious beliefs, or in other words, he wondered what they were being converted from okay. to Christianity. Uh, because he wrote about what he had learned in about 1820, we can get a glimpse of a revivalist cult that was sweeping over Southern California in the late 18th and early 19th centuries, just as the Spanish arrived. This was the worship of the great god Chinichinich, and his worship was associated with and grew out of the earlier Toluache cults, which themselves were reorganizations of the ancient tribal myths, dances, and initiation rituals. So the natives had this culture that, I don't want to say spinning the drain, mm-hmm. but were all being melted together. Okay. And then we have these Franciscan monks coming in and kind of adding their own, spice. albeit unsavory flavor, to the melting pot. Add a little bit of spice. Spice. <laughs> but they're white, so. Oh. Add oh. a little bit of water. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, flour. <laughs> um, Cornmeal. Court. Oh, there you go. <laughs> a righteous star captain or sky chief, Chinning Chinich was a supernatural force who came into our realm to order the world. Thus, anyone who followed his precepts not only found right living as a Native American, but could also claim part of Chinning Chinich's great power, the power of nature and animal spirits and the power of the ancestors and heroes. The cult almost certainly began among the Tongva. Much of the myth cycle is set in the rancheria of Puuvunga, which was a real-life Tongva village located somewhere on the grounds of Cal State Long Beach. Oh. Here's an excerpt of um, Chinigchinich appearing to the people of Puuvunga during the chaos after the death of the old tyrant Uat. After the death of Uat, they remained for some time undecided whether to inter his remains or to burn them. However, it was determined by the elders that they should do the latter. The fire was prepared, the body placed upon a pile erected for the occasion, and fearing that the coyote would come and eat him, they sent out and burnt his retreat, but he had made his escape, and soon presented himself at the place of sacrifice, declaring he would be burnt with his captain. And suddenly leaping upon the pile, he tore off from his stomach a large piece of flesh and ate it. Oh, God. The remainder of the body was afterwards consumed by the flames. The name of the coyote was Aoki, which implies second captain. And from this time, they changed his name to that of Eno, signifying um, like a thief and a cannibal, which, as we know, is like a huge part of Native American traditions and lore. Um, and thieves then were generally termed Aotan, derived from Eno and Uat. So, after burning Uat's body, a general council was called to make provision for the collecting of grain and seeds and acorns and the flesh of animals such as deer, rabbits, hares, squirrels, rats, and all kinds which they fed upon. While consulting together, they beheld for several days and at distinct times a specter unlike themselves who appeared and disappeared, sometimes in one direction and sometimes in another. Alarmed at its appearance, they determined to speak to it. Having summoned it to their presence, inquiries were made if he were their captain Uat. I am not Uat, said he, but a captain of greater power, and my name is Chinich. My habitation is above. On what matters are you debating, and why are you thus congregated? Our captain is dead, 
said they, and we have come to his internment, and we are discussing of what manner to maintain ourselves upon the seeds of the field and the flesh of the animals without being obliged to live upon the clay or earth as we have done. Hmm. Having listened to their answer, he spoke unto them and said, I create all things. I will make you another people, and from this time one of you shall be endowed with the power to cause it to rain, another to influence the dews, another to produce the acorn, another to create rabbits, another ducks, another geese, another deer. So I think what, and when I was like writing this, these are all excerpts okay. from the monk's journal. Okay. So like this is his interpretation of their religion. And it's written in a really similar fashion to what like the Bible would read. Interesting. It's very bizarre. So um, Boscana, which is the name of the, the monk, mm-hmm. framed Chinig Chinich with European bigotry. And though, or because, it sizzles with the overdeveloped body shame of the 19th century Franciscan. And though, or because, it infuriates a modern reader with uh, hypocritical circular logic and constant Satan baiting. It is a kind of masterpiece how all of these things came together to create their own new pocket of belief. Um, because he's a obviously meticulous reporter, as we will know by the further journal excerpts that I have. Yes. And because he earnestly wished to understand the myths, um, his very stumbling blocks, omissions, and embarrassments give us a rare insight into Franciscan beliefs as well as Native American myths. Huh. Quote. In fine, each one received his particular occupation and power to create such food as now eat. Even now, such as claim to be descendants of this people pretend to be endowed with the same powers and are frequently consulted as to their harvests and receive in turn for their advice a gift of some kind, either in money or clothing, and in fact, the result of their harvest depends entirely upon the maintenance given to these sorcerers and the supplying all their necessities. To offend them would be to destroy all their productions of flesh and grain. So Chinig Chinich, after having conferred the power, as we have said, Upon the descendants of Uwat, about the time um, that, you know, he created man and did, scooped him out of the primordial ooze, um, formed uh, borders and lakes and both male and female, and the Native Americans of the present day are descendants of these. Chinig Chinich said then unto them these words. Him who obeyeth me not, or believeth not in my teachings, I will chastise. To him I will send bears to bite, serpents to sting, misfortunes, infirmities, and death. He taught them the laws as they were to observe for the future, as well as their rites and ceremonies. His first commandment was to build a temple where they might pay to him adoration, offer up sacrifices, and have religious worship. The plan of this building was regulated by himself, and from this time they looked upon Chinich Chinich as God. Aha, uh-huh. doing commandments and shit. I mean, and this is all, I just found it so interesting because, like, all of this, like, very sacred and balanced Native American religion as told through the eyes of a devout Christian. Right. It's just, and I feel like the education system that we're given is so whitewashed. Absolutely. And that's exact. It's like this predates 
all of the whitewashing. It was whitewashing before whitewashing was cool. He would, yeah. So he, this guy, Spanish monk, uh-huh. went to California, met all of these Native Americans to convert them to Christianity. Right. And then wrote this journal about what their religion was and converted it into Christianity. Which is so, and created this like weird bubble of like where Christianity and Native American, which by still then would be considered like paganism, Uh met. It's so bizarre. And it's like the only written record that we have of it is from his journals from the 1700s. So it's not, I would say loosely accurate. Very loose. <laughs> it's loosey goosey. It's like he he wanted he wanted to be an evangelist or whatever, but he also was a pseudo anthropologist, but not not just to have knowledge, right? He was interested in it, or else he wouldn't have been writing it down, right? Not like this. He would have been like. And then they did some magic shit. Right. And then they did some, like, pagan stuff, of which I shall not speak because is, is it is of the devil. Exactly. So he had to have had, like, an interest in his heart for, for the actions that they were doing. It must have felt authentic to him in some way. Absolutely. Because he wrote a novella about it. <laughs> it's It just, he filtered it through his own experience. Lens. Yes. It's so interesting. I'm sorry if this is so boring, but like I, it's so wild how these, it's like clash of clans. Uh-huh. The, one of the best classes I took in college was an um, anthropology class. <clears throat> and we talked a lot about whitewashing and how like true, like really, really good anthropologists go and they only write their observations, not how it makes them feel. And not, they don't use their own, they, you use your own terminolo- terminology as far as like writing things down. But if you don't know the word for something, you don't say like, and then they performed magic. Yes. You have to find out what they call it. Like what this action is? What that action is. Oh. Before you can write it down if you, if you want to be a really good anthropologist. Authentic to yeah. the culture. Yeah. And having the respect for the culture and going in knowing that you have your own biases and and kind of accepting that mm-hmm. and knowing that and you can write through that instead of trying to write I don't want to say around it I don't know what the right word but is, like to but... reframe it mm-hmm. into like you assuming that the audience reading it is of your same exactly cultural group yeah yeah Sorry. No, you're okay. You're okay. Let me. It's just such an interesting topic. Okay. The name Chinning Chinich signifies all powerful or almighty. And it is believed by uh, the Native Americans that he was ever present and in all places. He saw everything, although it might be in the darkest night, but no one could see him. He was a friend to the good, but the wicked he chastised. Mm. So this is the first. um, example of the like Christian God that we know that like strikes down the evil right and promotes the good and true yes yes um so Boscana 
uh, was born on Mallorca in Spain. In 1776, he was educated at Palma and joined the Franciscan Order in 1792, traveled to Mexico in 1803, and then to California in 1806. He served at Mission Nuestra Señora and El Soledad, Mission La Purísima Concepción, and Mission San Luis Rey de Francia uh, for more than a decade, from 1812 to 1826. He was stationed at Mission San Juan Capistrano, he died at Mission San Gabriel in 1831. The origin of Chinich Chinich began among the Tongva with uh, influence from all the other tribes like the Chumash. Um, but this spread to the Teloache doctors and through mass ceremonies, mass ceremonies where all of these different groups would come together and celebrate at multilingual villages like, I'm so sorry. Achoy Comenga. It spread even through the use of Spanish that the Franciscans brought with them as um, lingua franca, which is like a blend. Oh, yeah. It's like a like an artisanal language blend. <laughs> <laughs> um, thus, the Tongva and the Chumash northern neighbors. Um, I. I'm embarrassed to even try. And then another tribe. Okay. All became active in the cult. And it was while serving at Mission San Luis Rey de Francia that Boscana investigated the religion of the Lucianos and their neighbors, the Juaninos of Capistrano um, and the Ferdinandos of the Valley. And it's clear that one of the strengths of the religion was that it helped both individuals and social groups find centers for their Native American identity with their ancestral identities um, currently being challenged and obliterated by these uh, really forward monks. Okay. Spanish monks, the Franciscans. Mm -hmm. uh, Boscana squeamishly describes the extravagances of the Native Americans, oh, the no. hallucinatory concoctions, and painful initiation rites. Uh-oh. But he scoffs at the important ritual art of ground painting. He called the drawings nonsense, crude, and vulgar cartoons. Oh. Like an asshole. It's surprising that um, Boscana was not more interested in this, like, particular corner of the cult since the Franciscans put them, like, brought all of their European Renaissance heaven art yeah. with them. And that is what endeared the natives to them oh because they would do all this grand painting and then they brought these like grand paintings of their gods yeah exactly yeah. and they were enthralled with them um the legendary founding of san gabriel mission was affected when a missionary party unfurled a painting of our lady of sorrows which awed and fascinated the attacking tongva war party all the local tribes had highly developed artistic traditions, rock art, signs, symbols, and images. Anthropologist Charles Irwin describes how Native American ground paintings were visual representations of Chinich Chinich's metaphysical world. The enduring significance of Chinich Chinich for the Indians of Achiocomenga, that is for the Chumash and the Tongva and the other tribe that I cannot pronounce, who were reduced to um, the bubble, the San Fernando mission, and for the people of San Gabriel, San Luis Rey, San Diego, um, it, it may be, there's, I have a quote. Okay. 
that has I'm gonna edit the verbiage because it was written a long time ago and it is like no longer PC. You feel? No, no longer chill. No longer chill. Some Native American societies were overwhelmed with the mission experience and lost touch with their old culture and religions quickly. With a few exceptions, uh, such as the case of the San Francisco Bay Area. In Southern California, the home of the Tolache cults, uh, Native Americans proved more resilient. Southern California and Native Americans continued as much of their pre-contact religion and culture as they could throughout the life of the missions and beyond. Just outside the view of the missionaries and other outsiders, through the vehicle of the Spanish language, shamans, and ceremonial leaders, as well as their followers, kept knowledge of their tribal lore alive and transmitted it to succeeding generations through oral tradition. They also preserved what they could of their original Indian language. And the moral, I have a twist ending for you. The moral okay. of the story is, if you're like, huh, Jenny, that's not very culty. <laughs> that is because these old Native American religions are still currently identified as cults. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. It is not a cult. It is a religion. Uh-huh. That was practiced, was appreciated by Christians, although squashed. Uh-huh. And two, it is 2021. Yeah. And if you type in the Chinning Chinich cult, it is one of the top 10 cults in California. Really? And all it is, although a fascinating, beautiful religion and story of Chinning Chinich as told through the eyes of a Christian missionary. Uh-huh. Is that... This is not a cult. This is just a group of people living their heckin' lives. Their heckin' lives. So why are we it's still happening? Like it's a continual whitewash. Yeah. That I really hurts my heart. I was in my heart feels about it, thinking about all of these like beautiful people in this beautiful land just living their life the way that they have always lived it and then as soon as some fucking european asshole gets off a caravan and stops there uh-huh and renames it renames it says that it's a cult just because it's not what they practice it it's like imagine having the goal to go to like a vietnamese restaurant and get pad thai and be like this is a hamburger <laughs> true it just it just doesn't and it hurts and the way that our nation still continually mistreats our native americans is fucking sad it's very sick so i told you that story to make a political statement <laughs> we love a political statement we do love a political statement i do think that it's interesting that so many uh shamanistic religions mm-hmm use and it could be like people who've never like religious cultural groups who've never had any contact with each other but it's the idea of like finding a hallucinogenic plant yeah and sacrifice yeah it's like almost part of the human condition except for christians who are boring (laughs) i'm just kidding boring except for don't forget about all the times that they pillaged and destroyed artifacts from all the civilizations across the country or across the world. Correct. I, 
it's a funny parallel to yours, which I think is very much a cult. Yeah. But probably to most, to 55 million people. Yeah, it's a religion. It's a religion. Meanwhile, we have a religion wrongly identified as as a cult. So how do you how do you draw the line? If you have thoughts about this, please type up an essay and send it over to me. <laughs> we want to read your book report. I want to read your book report and I will send you a thank you note. Yes, absolutely. Because I got my brain while I was Cinderella scrubbing my floors. Yeah. In a spiral about how and why. And for why though. But for why. Do you have thoughts? <laughs> I am bam I'm not bamboozled. I'm just kind of in awe of all of that information and the fact that the the people in that story and their descendants are still being wrongly like their religion is still wrongly wrongly classified, classified and it's it all perceived through a lens of christianity or catholic ideation it's just it's mind-boggling that we've like, let it go we, on this Can long. we let it? Can we let them have their thing? No. Can we let can them, we have, them their have their land? land? Their land. I mean, I live here on their land. Thank you and for allowing me to live here. Yeah, thanks. I'm sorry that it happened. It's The so... queen won't take us back. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, been... has anybody officially asked her? I think a million people asked on Twitter. <laughs> In the last, in during the the reign of Donald Trump, I am pretty sure oh. the Queen was asked many times if we could come back home, if she would come pick us up. I saw that he's being indicted. I know, very exciting stuff. <laughs> anyway, so yes, there you go. There's my political statement that I hid under the guise of a cult story. Love that for you. Thank Love you. that for me. Sorry, I bamboozled you. I bamboozled everyone. Yeah, you did a good job. <laughs> I did not lay the information out as clearly. There's so much information. On, like, this version of the creation story, like, go look into it if you found that at all fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. So, what's your bright and shiny? Um, my bright and shiny is a silver lining, I would like to call it. Okay. Um, because this uh, weekend, the funeral for my grandmother is on Friday, and that means on a Thursday night, all of my siblings are coming into town. That means when you're listening to this episode. Yes. That is the That day. is day. And um, Laura and I are kind of dividing and conquering family members, so all of her siblings are coming to stay with her at her house, while all of my siblings are coming to stay with me in my house. So um, I think that the only exception is going to be Aaron and Jill. I think that they are going to stay with Laura, but I will have um, my sister, her boyfriend, and then my youngest sister here with me and all the sisters. Yeah. So I'm excited for seeing everybody, even though the circumstances suck, but, um, I'm not going to be able to make it to my brother's, um, in his fiance's bridal shower, um, in July. So I get to give them their gift in person instead of just sending it (gasps) with Laura when she goes. So just finding a silver lining. That's my bright and shiny for the day. There you go. What's yours? My bright and shiny is going to be you. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Me? Yes, you. Well, for? Well, well for just why? because you have um, an ability that I am struggling to cultivate to have like a very full plate and still give like 100% to your team. 
mm-hmm. your tribe, your people. And it is just a really admirable trait that I, I would like to be more like Taylor Alexis. Oh, thanks, baby. I love you a lot. I love you a lot. I'm sorry this week has been rough on you. Thanks. We'll get through it. Yeah, we will. It's a new week. It's a weekend. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to Friday. <laughs> Just got to knock out this funeral and then I can have a really good weekend. <laughs> One funeral and a sleepover. That's all that stands between you and the weekend. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I hope you have a really great weekend. Um, send us your essays at a little bit grim at gmail.com. Yeah, don't forget about us begging you for your essays, your, your personal stories. We continually beg for them. Spooky essays. Please <laughs> give them to us. I feel like Bernie Sanders. I am once again asking you <laughs> to send us your yes. listener stories. please um it'll be worth it we promise it'll be so good and thank you to everybody who's already sent yes the stories and we are so filing them away in the email um for a a rainy day y'all just wait so hopefully a thunderstormy day yeah oh i'm really sad we didn't get our thunderstorm yesterday by the way oh my gosh there were tornadoes all around us not here no, no, none for us. No, and I, none for Gretchen Wieners. It did not rain at my house. It rained. I was, I was on my porch. I had a homemade cocktail, which Ooh. was extremely good, by the way. And I had my book. I had my research. I had my laptop out. I was like getting deep in teal swan shit, and I was like, can't wait for this thunderstorm to roll in. And it got like a little gusty, a little windy. It rained for mm, five seconds, and then. <laughs> Literally, I swear to God, the sun came out. And I was like, this is bullshit. Are you, I feel like I've been robbed. Right. I saw the storm go bloop, bloop, bloop right over my house. I was so upset about it. Stupid. I know. And then I went to the zoo this morning uh-huh. to drop the tiny human off at camp. And they had like trees falling over and like there were branches all over that. They had volunteers out there picking up. St- it was like crazy. Did you get my text message about Lara? <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes. My stepmom used to live in Tornado Alley. Like she lived in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma where the wind comes. We've been on the plains. <laughs> um. And she sold props to the filmmakers of the amazing one-of-a-kind film, Twister. Oh. Me and Jenny's probably collectively like one of our top three favorite movies of all yeah. time, like as a, as a mm-hmm. unit. And I stopped brunch. It came to a screeching halt. And I was like, I'm so sorry, what? <laughs> and she was back like, of the gravy train. She's like, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was really excited. They like filmed like the next town over. Why is she so low key about the coolest things? I know. I was like, I am sorry. I would be screaming this from the hilltops. This would be in like my Instagram bio. <laughs> Sold props for Twister. hundred percent. Where's my check mark? <laughs> Absolutely. Please verify me. I love, what did she sell? What kind of props? Phones. The phones that they used. What? I know. I have butterflies just thinking about it. Just thinking about how close she was to Bill Paxson makes my heart flutter. Helen Hunt. Apparently, Helen Hunt drove a red convertible around town, and she would just drive around town and wave at the townspeople. Like a (laughs) pad. The townies. The townies. (laughs) I was like, yes, hello, gaze upon me. 
I am Helen Hunt. No one else at the table was at all interested in this fact, and I was trying to have a full-blown meltdown about it. I'm going to need to pull Laura to the side the next time I see her, just so I can have her, like, rehash <laughs> these details for me. I was like, I'm so sorry. What? Geeked. Yeah, and I was geeking about storms, because we were supposed to get some. We had just had a tornado a couple counties down from us. Yep. And Laura's like, I used to live in Tornado Alley. Like, this does not phase me at all. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was, like, trying to talk to her about Tornado Alley. And everybody around us is trying to have different conversations. And I'm like, everybody shit. just want to talk about this. I just want to talk about tornadoes. Just a girl trying to eat eggs and talk about weather. Inclement Inclement weather. weather. (laughs) Sorry, that was a last-minute derail of this conversation. But we hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Follow us on the social means. uh, Send us your stories. And rate us if you love us. And be nice and funny if you don't. (laughs) And be kind to yourself. (laughs) That caught me so so hard. I was waiting for the be kind for yourself. (laughs) I just kept going into another direction. (laughs) Be kind to others. And if you got a tornado in your area or you see a funnel cloud, send it to us because Taylor, Taylor and I miss funnel clouds. Yes. So, okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.